Give me some amens when you get there. I still hear some pages. I'm going to give it a minute. Some of you ain't even got a Bible. Shame on y'all. Your phone don't count. One day I'm going to get them to like crash the internet in here so then y'all don't have it, you know. Kyle's like, do not crash the internet. Kyle's over our social media, or him and Ash do social media. He's over all the media mess. We don't have internet. We're going to be in trouble. Then the festival of dedication took place in Jerusalem, and it was winter. Jesus was walking in the temple of Solomon. The Jews surrounded him and asked, How long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus replied, I did tell you, and you don't believe. The words that I do in my Father's name testify about me, but you don't believe because you are not of my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Let us pray. Father, we praise you again for this next generation of uh, Christian warriors that are coming through here. And, and Father, I, I don't even want to say Christian warriors, Father, just more of your children. Uh, Father, because again, it's, it's your church. It's not one church, Father. It's your church, all of us together, working together to build your kingdom. And uh, Father, I have no doubt that the parents that uh, had their kids come up today to get dedicated, Father, they're, they're on a mission to make sure that their child knows you. And uh, that's our job as parents. And uh, I just ask again that you give them guidance through that. Give them patience, joy, love. Uh, Father, peace through the process as well. I ask that you just anoint them with the Holy Spirit. Uh, Father, because we've learned it, it does. It takes, it takes that uh, to raise these children in the ways of you. Uh, Father, today you've given me a sermon uh, that uh, is a continuance from last week. And uh, first of all, Father, I praise you for the opportunity to preach. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. And um, Father, you've given me a lot uh, that I got to add to this. I've preached this sermon three times before, but you've given me so much that I can add to it this time. I praise you for that. Uh, Father, I ask that you continue to pour in wisdom and knowledge today as I stand up here to give your word. Uh, Father, I ask that if there's anything that needs to be added to or subtracted from what it is that you've given me, uh, Father, that the Holy Spirit just nudges me in that direction, I will be obedient to that. Uh, Father, in this moment, I'm asking that you anoint me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Uh, Father, that you take my anger, my pride, um, my exhaustion. Uh, Father, all the distractions that I have, I ask that you take those away, Father. You replace it with your wisdom your knowledge, your boldness today, Father, and most importantly, your love. I ask these things in your name, Father. Help us to love, laugh, and forgive. Amen. All right. Last week, we started a two-part series on a topic that you guys voted for for the Thankful For You service. I know we got some visitors here, so I'm going to explain it real quick. But about a month ago, we announced that last week, being the Sunday before Thanksgiving, we were going to allow the congregation to vote on the sermon that they wanted preached that day, and then also the worship songs that they wanted sang that day. Uh, so anyway, that's how we got to this point. Uh, we're going to continue this series today, which is entitled Knowing God's Voice. Uh, told you guys last Sunday the two questions I've received the most in my time in ministry uh, is how does God speak to us, 
We talked about that last week. And then this week, uh, how do we know it is actually him speaking to us? How do we discern that? Uh, so again, last week we answered the first question. I want to go back and review that real quick. The seven biblical ways that God will speak to us. This is how he'll speak to us. It's through the Bible, through prayer, through dreams and visions, through other people, through anything he pleases. Remember, Mikey started talking about a donkey. Um, through his peace and then through his own voice. Okay, That's the seven ways that God will speak to us. That's what we have found in the Bible. Today, we're going to answer this second question of how do we know that it is actually God speaking to us? Guys, the answer is very, very simple. All you have to do is confirm it. Now, a lot of people get mad at me when I talk about how simple that is. I say, man, that's, that's easy. You know, Mike, it's not that easy. It's not that easy. I need you to understand, I didn't say getting to the answer was easy. I said the answer is easy. It's confusing some people. You are looking at me kind of funny. We're going to break this down. It's kind of like common core math, guys. This math that our dang schools are teaching now. You know, my kids will come to me, and, you know, they'll, they'll show me this problem. And, and believe it or not, I'm, I'm pretty good at math. You know, it's like the only thing I'm good at. I'm good at numbers. You know what I'm saying? So, like, my kids will bring me this problem, and I'll be like, well, this is the answer. And they're like, no, Dad, no, that, that ain't how that works. You, you got to break it down. You got to confirm how you got to it. Well, I get that, but nowadays it's like you got to break it, break it, break it down. Like it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I, I, I love the, our, our teachers, and I feel for y'all because I, I know y'all don't like teaching it either. Y'all can tell the truth. But, you know, common core math, you have to break it, break it, break it down to get to the answer. Confirming whether or not God is speaking to you or not is no different. You have to break it down. You have to show how you do get to these answers there's a, there's steps that you have to take just like unfortunately common core math is today so how do we do this how do we confirm if god is speaking to us or not god has shown me three ways that we can confirm this guys the first way we can confirm if god is speaking to us is through his word through his word real quick i was going to tell you there's three things and I thought it was kind of cool. They all start with a W. Because Jesus, I'm his favorite. He just kind of did that for me. I'm kidding. The first question uh, that you always need to ask yourself, guys, when you're trying to confirm God's voice is, does it line up with the Bible? Does it line up with Scripture? That's always the first thing you should ask. I promise you guys, God is never, he will never say something to you that contradicts his written word. Never. That will never happen. If you are hearing, or excuse me, if what you are hearing does not line up with the Bible, you are simply not hearing God. Okay? So that's number one. Jesus shows us a great example of this in Matthew chapter 19 when he is speaking to the Pharisees. Let's go look at that. Matthew 19, verses 3 through 6. Some Pharisees came and tried to trap him with this question. I, forgive me, that's not supposed to be in red. Uh, the, the verse 4 is, excuse me, should a man be allowed to divorce his wife for just any reason? Jesus says, haven't you read scripture? Haven't you read scripture? Jesus replied, they record, or excuse me, they, they record that from the beginning God made them male and female. Next verse. 
And he said, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and has joined his wife, and the two are united into one. Since they are no longer two, but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. Okay, go back one for me, Nick. Again, Jesus says, haven't you read Scripture? They're coming to Jesus and they're saying, hey, what about this? And Jesus looks at them like, you Pharisees, y'all supposed to know, you know, Scripture front and back. Have you not read? So many times, guys, we're looking for answers and we're not opening our book. We're not opening his word. Jesus himself is trying to tell you here, it's in the word. It's in the word. The answers are in the word. Okay. Jesus does this again, guys, when he's tempted by Satan as well. I mean, he said three times. What did he say three times? It is written. When Satan tempted him, it is written. It is written. Jesus has given them the answer just off of what the Bible says because that's his father's word. That's God's word. When seeking answers, the Bible will confirm God's will to you. Guys, I want you to think about it. No matter what questions you have, you know, like Jesus is talking to them about marriage here. If you've got questions about marriage, how, how do I have a godly marriage? It's in the Bible. How do I love my wife like Christ loves the church? It's in the Bible. How do I honor and respect my husband? It's in the Bible. Haven't you read Scripture? I mean, that's what Jesus is trying to tell them here. But I want you all to think about it, guys. If, if you're struggling with raising children, he tells you how to do it in his word. If you're struggling with your finances, he'll show you how to handle that in your word. Or excuse me, in his word. Every question that you have, there's an answer. There's an answer for a question in your life. Okay? It's there. We need to go to it more often. Christian warriors, you must always check God's written word to confirm what you think is his spoken word. Always. Satan will do everything he can to try and trick you with this. Too many times we listen to others and we're not opening our Bible to confirm if what others may be saying is actually his written word. Satan does a great job at this. So again, first and foremost, when you're trying to confirm, guys, go to your Bible. Go to your Bible. If you're trying to confirm if God's speaking to you, make sure again that it lines up with his written word. The second way that we can confirm if God is speaking to us is through wisdom, his wisdom. One of the best ways to seek the wisdom of God is through godly counsel. We're going to spend a little bit of time here, guys. This is where mentors, church leadership, and true brothers and sisters in Christ come into play in your life. And guys, you got to have these people. You got to have these people. So important. Let's look at Proverbs 12, 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds or seeks counsel is wise. The one who seeks counsel is wise. Let's look at Proverbs 19, 20 through 21. Listen to counsel and receive instruction that you may be wise in your later years. There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, that will stand. That will stand. In other words, what he's saying here is, is we have all these thoughts 
of what we want to do. And, 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 the, and you know, we, we, we think that this is the direction to go and so forth. And it talks about, I mean, he says this, nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, but he says, many plans in a man's heart. We always have these plans. Always. What I need you to understand is if it's not God's plan, it, it's not going to work. God's plan will stand. Your plan's got to line up with his plan. I know I'm getting a little off base, but I just want to point that out. Notice I said that you need to seek godly counsel, not good counsel. Godly counsel. There is a major, major difference here. Major difference. There are three things that you need to look for when you're seeking godly counsel from someone. The first thing is this, and it's what we just talked about. Is the counsel you're receiving lining up with God's word? Make dang sure you check that. So if somebody comes to you, and, and or let me rephrase that. You go to somebody else, right? You go to somebody else, and you're seeking counsel, and they give you, you know, they're pouring this wisdom into you. The first thing I'd ask them, can you give me some scripture to back up what you're saying? It's the first thing I'd ask them. I want to see it in God's written word, what you're telling me. You know, it's one thing I love about the mentors that I have. They always follow up with Scripture. Always. If you're receiving wisdom from someone else, make sure it's not just earthly wisdom. Make sure it's godly wisdom from his written word. Amen? I just, I had a guy uh, reach out to me just recently, uh, sent me an email, and he was really struggling and uh, what I loved, I'm not going to go into detail of the whole email, obviously, but what I loved, one thing that stuck out with me is he said, man, I was, I've, I've really been wrestling with God, really been wrestling with God. Immediately, God put on my heart when Jacob wrestled the angel or God, whatever you want to say that is, in Genesis. So what happened there was God gave me, spoke to me, gave me that story to go, and I read it, and it fit what this man was going through. 100%. And I was able to reach back out to him and give him scripture, God's written word, to confirm what he was going through. You understand? One other story, I've got, I had somebody reach out to me a while back, and uh, this person said, uh, I ran into my high school sweetheart. Hadn't seen him in years. I used to be so in love with him. I'm married now. I have three kids. But I feel that God is telling me that I'm supposed to leave my spouse and go be with my high school sweetheart. I literally said, have you not read scripture? And then I was able to break down. Number one, I was able to explain to this individual there's only four reasons you can get divorced biblically, and I was able to show all those scriptures to them. Guys, again, what I'm getting at here is make sure that whoever is counseling you and mentoring you, that they're giving you scripture to back up the wisdom that they're trying to pour into you. Because, again, if they're not, it's not godly wisdom. It's earthly wisdom. And earthly wisdom, it's not good. It's not good. Make sure you're getting that. One way to make sure that the counsel you're receiving, uh, again, guys, make sure that you ask them to see the scripture. The second thing you need to look for when seeking godly counsel is a mature believer who also has a strong personal relationship with God. Okay? Don't go to a brand new Christian. 
and ask for counsel, guys. Don't ask them for guidance, even though their heart might be in the right place. And I assure you, it is. If they're a believer, their heart's in the right place. But the thing is, they don't know Scripture that well. And then also, they haven't really, their walk hadn't been very long. They're, they're a rookie themselves. You understand what I'm saying? So they haven't been through these life situations. You want somebody that's been through it or has counseled through it or has seen people go through it. That's what you're looking for. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's, it's like, you know, if you're going to go get surgery, you don't want some doctors their first surgery. I don't know about y'all. I don't. I don't want that person. I, listen, I love you. You're a child of God. But guess what? I want somebody who's done this a hundred times. Right? It's the same thing, guys. Make sure you're seeking somebody that has a, a history, that, that, again, that is a mature Christian. And again, that they have that personal relationship with God. That connection with God is so important. So important. <laughs> Five years ago, uh, I, had a, I had somebody reach out to me at, at my work. And they were wanting, <laughs> it was a young guy. He was starting a business. And he contacted me. And he was wanting advice. And I was like, dude, at the time I was like 34. I'm like, I'm 34. Like, not only that, but my business ain't that great. You know, you need to reach out to some other people. And I gave him direction to people who are business people in the town that have 20, 30, 40 years of experience. I made sure he understood. I, I was going to pray for him, and, and I'll give you some advice, but here's what I'm going to tell you. I, I'm still young in this. Like, you need to seek stronger counsel in this area. Again, make sure it's somebody that has dealt with things in their life that can help you. A great example of this in the Bible, guys, where somebody seeked good counsel and then bad counsel is Rehoboam. And this is in 1 Kings chapter 12. I want to go look at this. I'm going to read 1 Kings chapter 12. We're going to read verses 3 through 11. The leaders of Israel summoned him, and Jeroboam and the whole assembly of Israel went to speak to Rehoboam. Your father was a hard master, they said. Lighten the harsh labor demands and heavy taxes that your father imposed on us. By the way, his father was Solomon. Just to give you a background on this. Then we will be your loyal subjects. Rehoboam replied, give me three days to think this over. Then come back for your answer. So the people went away. Verse 6. Then King Rehoboam discussed the matter with the older men who had counseled his father Solomon. What is your advice, he asked. How should I answer these people? The older counselors replied, If you are willing to be a servant to these people today and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your loyal subject. Guys, real quick, I want to stop right there. That's great advice for any leadership. Any leadership. I don't care if you, parents, great advice, right? Let's read it one more time. The old counselor replied, If you are willing to be a servant to them, they will serve you. That's what they're saying. Verse 8. But Rehoboam rejected the advice of the older men and instead asked the opinion of the young stupid men. It doesn't say stupid. I added that. <laughs> who had grown up with him and were now his advisors. Verse 9. What is your advice, he asked them. How should I answer these people who want me to lighten the burden imposed by my father? The young men replied, this is what you should tell those complainers who want a lighter burden. My little finger is thicker than my father's waist. 
That's a cocky dude right there. Yes, my father laid heavy burdens on you, but I'm going to make them even heavier. My father beat you with whips, but I will beat you with scorpions. The country split. He took the advice of the younger guys. It's a great story. You need to go read it. This is a perfect example of seeking godly, wise counsel instead of some young punks that have no idea because they had not lived life. They ain't got no clue. You know, that's like if you have a child and you go ask advice from somebody that hadn't had a child. That's stupid. That is right. <laughs> Guys, I'm going to tell you what I really believe that he was doing here. I think what he was doing was he went and got counsel from the older men who gave him godly counsel, wise counsel. But that ain't what he wanted to hear. So he went to somebody that would agree with him and that would tell him what he wanted to hear. That's not godly counsel. You know, I'll have people that will reach out to me all the time wanting advice. And I'll give them advice. And I never hear from them again. And I have no doubt they're going to the next pastor. And they're going to the next pastor. And then finally, after four or five pastors, one of them is just, you know, I guess he just didn't do his homework or whatever and agrees with them. And then he's like, oh, I like that counsel. Tell me I'm wrong. I mean, how many times your kids do that? You know, my kids have come to me. Dad, can I do this? And I'm like, go talk to your mama. Well, I did. You know, I mean, they, they do that. All day. If, if I tell them no, guess what? They're going to go talk to mama. And then mama tells them yes. And I'm like, what's going to win on the same page? How many times your kids do that? Guys, when you're seeking counsel and they give you an answer you don't want to hear, probably the right answer. Just being honest. Don't let your pride get in the way. The third thing that you need to look at when seeking godly counsel is someone who knows you personally. Personally. The counsel you seek needs to know your traits, your characteristics, your flaws, so they can give you the best advice possible. There was a lady that went to a pastor. This, this pastor told me this story. This lady went to him, and she was complaining about her husband, saying that he was very verbally abusive and uh, that he wasn't providing for the family, that he was a drunk and all this kind of stuff, and that, he, uh, that she had beat him, or excuse me, he had beat her. <laughs> and so all this was going on, and, and of course he looked at her, this was when he was a younger pastor, by the way, and he looked at her and said, yeah, you, you, need, you need to get a divorce. You get a divorce. Well, he didn't know this woman. This woman literally just pops up at the church one day, first time ever there, gives him this sob story, and he says, yeah, you, you can divorce this man. Later on, he found out that woman had, had five divorces, all of them with the same kind of story. See, the problem is, is he didn't know her personally. If he would have done a background check on her, got to know her a little better, he would have realized that this was a pattern. This was a pattern. Guys, obviously, this woman was lying. She was lying. And again, if he knows those personal traits, he doesn't allow that advice to go towards her. 
You need to seek somebody that knows you personally, knows the whole story, not just half the story. Somebody also that has, I put it to you this way, they got skin in the game. They love you. They love your family. They want to see good things from all sides. You got to seek people who know you personally, guys. There's one more thing that you need to do before you seek godly wisdom from someone, and this is the most important step possible. You pray about who it needs to be. God, put them in front of me. God, don't let me open the door. You open the door of who it needs to be. Now, sometimes, see, like right now, I'm just thinking, like, if, if I had a question that, had to do with uh, my business you know immediately the earthly side of me would think well I'm going to go to this guy because this guy's got all this he's got this successful business and all this knowledge in it and so forth that's who I need to go to but guess what I didn't check with God God may lead you in a direction to somebody else that may not have this big giant business but he runs it a godly way he runs it with love for his employees for his customers that's the kind of person that you need to go to. See, that's what God will do. God doesn't look at the earthly flesh of people, guys. He looks at their heart, and that's who he's going to lead you to. And you want somebody that's got that kind of heart. So pray about it. God, I need help in this area. I'm struggling in this. I'll give you an example. This just hit me. Okay, so I'll give you an example. Annabelle is a junior in high school. She's going to start college uh, in a year and a half. Makes me sick in my stomach. And, and guys, this is expensive. Y'all know that? Like, I've been saving for years. I ain't got enough. So I'm, I'm struggling, man. Like, I'm hurting with all this. And, and so, you know, it hit me one day. I stressed out about it and everything. It hit me one day. I'm like, well, that's stupid. Pray about it, you idiot. So I prayed about it. Guys, no exaggeration. I prayed about this about a week ago and uh, walked into the gym three days ago. And there was a man there who is actually, he'd been living in Japan for like the last four or five years, but he moved over here. His wife is working at the university here in town, and she is over financial aid. And he runs a nonprofit for kids that can't afford to go to school. Now, I'm praying about it, and God puts this person in front. I didn't know that's what he did. We just got to talking. It was Thanksgiving morning is when it was. And he starts to give me wisdom of what to do. Pray about it. God will put the right people in front of you. Why wouldn't he? If you're seeking his kingdom, why wouldn't he? So you pray about God put them in front of me, but you always follow up with this. Father, help me to recognize it when you do put them in front of me. Don't let my pride get in the way. Don't let the busyness of life make me pass them by. Bojo just talked about that. Guys, that's the problem. We get so busy in life. God's trying to help us. He's trying to bless us with things. We just walk right past them. Slow down. Ask God to help you slow down. I do it every day. God, I need you to help me slow down and catch you today. Wherever you are, all throughout the day, every little thing you're trying to put in front of me, God, slow me down in those moments. You'd be shocked. Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? If you're trying to build his kingdom, if that's your number one thought process, right? Seek first the kingdom of God and all else will be given to, uh, unto you. So, so why, why, why wouldn't he? Seek him first and he'll put all these other things in front of you.
So pray about who it is that God wants you to talk to, not who you want to talk to, okay? Okay, the third way that we can confirm if God is speaking to us is by his ways, his ways, okay? In other words, does what you think God is telling you match up with his character? So what is God's character? We have literally looked at Scripture that explained God's, God's character the last eight weeks during our discipline series. And then again, last week, when we started this series, we're going to make it nine weeks in a row. We're going to go look at Galatians 5, 22 through 23. This is God's character. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Guys, that's the fruits of the Holy Spirit. God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, Trinity. It's all the same. So these are the characteristics of God. That's his characteristics. It all matches up. I want to let's look at these nine characters. I actually got a list of them. Pull that up for me, Nick, please, sir. Guys, take a picture of this, write it down, and, I, and I'm gonna get to why. But I'm really, I mean it right now. Like I want to see some felt, some cell phones going up. Like, take pictures of this. These are your nine characteristics of God that is the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Again, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, or discipline, okay? Take a picture, write them down, and here's why. I'm going to make this simple for you guys. The next time you're trying to confirm if what you're hearing is coming from God, I want you to look at this list. If it will produce, if what he's telling you to do, if the outcome can produce any one of those, it's coming from God. It's coming from God. If it will produce love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, discipline, any of those things, if it will produce that, that's God speaking to you because that's his character. If it lines up with his character, it's him speaking to you. Now, if evil may come out of it, if pride, if selfishness may come out of it, that's not God's character, guys. You stay away from it. I'm going to make this even simpler than this. I gave you these nine, but I'm going to make it even simpler, guys. Let's go look at 1 John chapter 4, verse 16. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love. And we, or excuse me, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. God is love. So if the nine characteristics are too hard for you to keep up, put them aside. And the next time you think God's talking to you, think this. If I do what he's telling me to do, will it produce his love? Or will it show love in any way? If it does, it's God talking to you. It's as simple as that. If it will produce righteous, pure, agape love, that's God speaking to you. Okay. 
Don't overthink it. That's the biggest problem, guys. I told you all that last week. Too many times God speaks to you. And you overthink it. Because you think it can't be that simple. Mike, it's not just as simple as if it produces love. That's God speaking. Yes, it is. God is love. We overthink it over and over and over again. And a lot of times the reason why we overthink it is because we think, well, if I do this, I might look stupid. You look stupid anyway. (laughs) Guys, what's it going to hurt? I want you to think about it. If God tells you to do something, you look at it and you say, okay, if I go through with this, it's going to produce love. But, man, I might look stupid. What's it matter? Do it anyway. Just do it. I want you to look at the person sitting to the right of you and say, quit overthinking it. Look at the person to the left of you and say, quit overthinking it. Yeah. Quit overthinking it. It's, it, it, it's, that's, the biggest, that's the biggest problem with Christians today. Y'all think y'all are smarter than God. That's it. He makes it simple. Love. If it produces love, it's from our Father. Quit being stupid. The next time you feel that God is speaking to you, this is one thing I wanted to add to this. I say, I, I did not want to add this. God gave me this in the back in the study. He reminded me of this. If you're struggling with confirmation, God, is this really you? In 1 Samuel, Samuel heard God speak to him as a young teenage kid. And he heard him whisper his name, Samuel. Samuel ran to Eli, who was his mentor. I didn't even realize this was going to tie in. He went to Eli, and he said, yes, master, I'm here. He said, boy, go back to sleep. Leave me alone. So he went back in his room, went back to sleep, but then he heard it again. Samuel. So he gets up, he runs back to Eli. Yes, master, I am here. Eli says, boy, I'm going to slap you. Go back to bed. Leave me alone. So he goes back. Third time, Samuel. Samuel goes again, probably scared this time, goes back to Eli. But this time Eli figured it out because he's a good mentor. And he looked at Samuel and he said, the next time you hear that, I say, Father, I'm here. What do you need? Father, I'm here. What do you need? Guys, if you feel that tug on your heart, if you feel like God's speaking to you, but you need that confirmation, ask for it. You have not because you ask not. Father, I'm here. What do you need me to do? I get emotional because it's hard to ask him that. Even for me at times, it's hard for me to say, God, what is it that you need me to do today? Because sometimes I'm just like you guys. I think it may make me look stupid. And I don't look stupid. Guys, the next time you hear that, the next time you feel that tug at your heart, 
here's the thing. Sometimes he's not going to just come out and tell you. He wants you to ask him. He wants you to ask him. He wants you to want to do it. Do you understand? So you ask him. Father, I'm here. What can I do for you? He'll speak to you. I promise you that. He'll speak to you. If he doesn't, I want you to think about something else. Let's say some of y'all are saying, well, I don't hear God's voice. You know, God hadn't spoke to me. Or let's just say, you know, man, I heard him like three months ago, but I ain't heard him in three months. Why am I not hearing God anymore? Okay, well, there's two reasons for that. Number one, he probably told you to do something three months ago. You ain't done it yet. Why would he talk to you again? You need to go back, and you need to do that. And then I guarantee you, the next thing you know, he'll be talking to you again. I'm saying that because I know from experience. Okay? Number two, if he's not speaking to you, not hearing him. In the book of Matthew, Jesus preached this on the Sermon on the Mount. If you have a grudge with somebody and you had not forgiven them, don't come to the altar. I'm not listening to you. If you're not hearing him, you got a grudge. You better go fix it. Guys, the word tells us that in order for God to forgive us of our sins, we have to forgive others of theirs. And then again, he also tells us in order for us to have that relationship with him and to hear him speak, if we've got a grudge, he don't want to talk to us. And I'm going to tell you why. Because what is God's number one character, characteristic? Love. And if you come to him with hatred in your heart, he don't want to be around that because that's not his characteristic. He only wants, he will only, and I need you to grasp this. God looks at your heart. He don't look at your actions all the time. He looks at your heart. He knows if that heart's pure. He knows if that heart's clean from grudges. If you're not hearing him right now, I want you to think about it. Who you got beef with? Go fix it. I added one note to this when it comes to hearing God's voice. And I've explained this to you guys before, but he made me remind y'all of it today it's a thankless thought guys how many times it happened to me this morning this morning God put on my heart without me even thinking about it to reach out to an individual this morning I wouldn't think about this person I don't I don't I didn't want to think about them you know but immediately God put them on my heart I wasn't thinking about them didn't even have a direction to go to go think about them. I mean, you know, it's not like, you know, their favorite football team popped up or something like that. It made me think about it. That's not, that's not how this worked. It was a thankless thought. Your brain cannot physically work that way. If you're going to think of something, something has to get you there. You have to have a purpose of getting there. From my experience, from my experience, a thankless thought. And I know a lot of you are looking at me like, well, Michael, where's that in the Bible? I'll be honest with you. This is kind of a Micahism, but, but here's what I'm going to tell you. Is every time he does that to me, he puts something on my heart that I'm not thinking about, and it's a thankless thought, and I follow through with it, I get confirmation every time. Every single time. Guys, that's God putting somebody on your heart, some situation on your heart. He wants you to jump at it. And again, all you got to do, Will this produce love? 
Will this show God's love? And if it does, just do it. What's it going to hurt? Let's review these three ways that we can confirm that God is speaking to us. His word, the Bible, his wisdom, seeking others, getting counsel, mentors, and then his ways. Check out and follow his characteristics. In closing, guys, I'm going to read you guys a letter that I received. Um, it's been a few months ago. This is from somebody that watches online. Um, I've been holding on to this, waiting for the right time to read it. And he put it on me this morning that this needed to be read. Dear Christian Warriors Church, I heard one of your sermons on Facebook video just scrolling, and it called to me. Listening, my condemnation kicked in and over having abortions. These are the biggest regrets of my life, and they haunt me every day. There's no excuse for what I did. I was a young single mother and simply was not, or excuse me, and I was simply selfish and did not think I could handle another child. I reached out on Messenger, and I was shortly sent a video for the sermon that was preached about abortions. It touched me. But in the bottom of my heart, I still struggled with the thought of, yeah, well, God may forgive those who did it once, but I've done it twice. I was struggling with how I didn't deserve forgiveness and how in the world could he still love me. I didn't think I could ever be forgiven. So I messaged the church page again and stated that exact concern. I was sent a video from, it says last Sundays, again, this was a while back sermon on condemnation my eyes and heart were opened I felt a heaviness lifted off of me that I cannot explain since the abortions I've wanted a relationship with God and have always had something that seemed to still hold me back because of the choice that I made short having these abortions. Something inside that told me he would never love me and that I was damned to hell. There is no saving me. But today I would like Christian Warriors Church to know that you helped me see that through, or excuse me, you helped me see through the mistakes that I made. And I know that I can't go back and change them. But now I have a life with Jesus Christ in my heart. And from this day forward and every day after, I will live my life to show others of God's grace and conviction that if I can find grace and love after what I did, anyone can. I hope to become an example for my son to be a better person than I am and to learn from my mistakes. This is the part. That gets me. That gets me. I've gotten now. Thank you for all you do, Christian Warriors Church, and thank you for helping me start to find my salvation. Now here's yeah. Now here's the point of reading that letter. 
God spoke to her through the internet. God spoke to her, more importantly, and I need every single person in this room to understand this. If you noticed, she said, Dear Christian Warriors Church, God spoke to her through this church. Amen? And here's the other cool part on the flip side. God spoke to us through her in this letter, giving us confirmation that starting this church was the right thing to do. Amen? That's about, that's how God speaks, guys. You see, so many people would overthink this. That's not God speaking. That's just some girl who had a tough time, and, and y'all said some encouraging words. And she, No, no, that's love. That is love, and that's God speaking. Spoke to her and spoke to us. Quit overthinking it. Quit overthinking it.